been waiting seven whole months to hear those three little words that all of America has been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, football is back. It is the week one edition of the Sunday card here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on Sports Country Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. We are here finally to begin our quest to Super Bowl 30, 36, 56 in our quest as well for gambling lore. In the red corner, ladies and gentlemen, he is back, the 2019 champion who looks to avenge his, let's call it what it is, mediocre 2020 season. Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbreth here again to make some picks. Good day, sir. Good day. Good day to you. Last mediocre at best is what we could call last year. But along with everything else that happened last year, we're just going to chalk that up. Everybody wants to throw 2020 out of the out of the history book. So we're going to pretend like it never happened. And we got to get back to the winning ways of 2019. Odd and even years. I'm an odd years kind of guy, apparently. So got to be a lot better than I was last year. And, and this is now, Dan, again, we are friends. We are co-hosts. But this is where we start going head to head and the rubber meets the road. And the picks competition is back. This is these are live picks right now. The gloves are off, I would say, for this week. And and now we've had a whole summer together. You know, summer loving had me a blast, but you got to go back to school. Yeah, that's what they do in Greece. You know what I mean? So I am very, very excited. Last year's champion, your boy is here. Um, Dan Zampano here with you. Matt, I mean, we've been waiting a long time. We've been putting in a lot of college football bets. You know, obviously, as we've been waiting, some of the football, the rest of the football is back and ready to be heard. And I'm just super excited, super excited. So you're right. We are getting back into week one NFL and let's get to it. Before we do anything, we're going to explain a couple things on how things work here. What we do normally is we give you our best three picks, the Sunday night and the Monday night game. But this year we decided that it maybe wasn't even wasn't that fair to you listeners out there to withhold you maybe two other better picks that we have. So in the spirit of new beginnings and getting out of the 2020 shell, we are going to give you our five best bets. There is no Sunday night, Monday night chains on us. We have shaken them off. You're going to get the five best picks from me and Maddie C as we go along. That is what I'm excited about. Then, then, not only that, we're going to give you some leans. And of course, we have back for you magic in the air, the magic money line parlay from Maddie Ice, Maddie C. Matt Silver, which I'm very much looking forward to, Matt. We got to hit more than one this season. So we have one extra week to hit more than one as well. So, uh, but one for 16 last year, not the ROI that we were looking for. So many, so many one, you know, one in need of the other ones last year. So many mm. 50%. But that's just not how parlays work. And that's how we all know you got to win both. And that's the name of the game. So at least Drew Locke was the one that did it for you. That is what was, it was, a, it was a magical week. It was a magical week. That, that was something. That was something there, by the way, our producer, lemon pepper, Lou Perricone, as we're now calling caribou, Lou, uh, is fantastic. As always, Lewis, it is great to see you again. And, you know, I realized something, Lou, Last week, we made all those predictions, and I forgot to look at Lou Stradamus. How many nicknames can this guy have, by the way? You know, save some for the fishes. I mean, Lou Stradamus is going to make right now. I'm going to make you do it. You always say, bet the narrative, bet the narrative. I hear it in, your, in my ears every single Saturday and Sunday. What's the narrative? What's the Super Bowl narrative this year? What's your prediction? Well, well, let me look into my crystal ball and try to find my way through the deep narrative that is the NFL. You know, Dan, I, 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 you posed this question to me earlier and I thought about it and I really thought, and I had so many different scenarios in my head that I thought it could be entertaining, but what makes the most sense of all is a rematch from last year. They're both on the Madden cover. Brady versus Mahomes, the old goat versus the new goat. 
what would be better than a rematch? Mm. That's what I like. Is this the uh, new is this the new Cavs Warriors every year we're gonna get here? Uh you know, that's not a bad way to put it. <laughs> not far not off. A bad way to put it. Think the about LeBron, it. the new guy in Steph Curry with the Warriors, the fun yeah. team. The goat. Yeah. yeah. I, I had I had thought for a moment maybe we could see Mahomes versus Rogers mm-hmm. see that last year due to certain we'll say play calling or who didn't run with the ball whatever the past is the past uh, I think it makes a lot of sense Brady Mahomes round two wow wow so I take it you're gonna have a Super Bowl ticket on Chiefs and Bucks then huh yep (laughs) (laughs) yes i am will you be disappointed maddie if that happens no i i I think we even said it last week didn't we both have to like talk ourselves out of picking that as the final like that's where i felt like i was naturally going was to pick that as the repeat but then our stupid brains get in the way and say no 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 we can't do this meanwhile luke and just see through the line he reads through the lines he reads through the clouds and the in the crystal ball. And he says, no, this is what's going to happen because it's the most obvious it's, it's right there in front of you. And we're trying to, we're trying to look through the trees and figure out where's the mist. No, it's, it's right there. It's right there in front of you. It's, it's the one that everyone suspects will happen. It's the, you know, ESPN, CBS sports, NBC sports, Fox sports pushed narrative, Brady Mahomes, Brady Mahomes. You know what? Lou was right last year. I don't expect him to be wrong this year. I just, I just don't. He's always right on this. So when we have egg on our face and we're picking Green Bay and Cleveland and Dallas and all these teams uh, to get there. I do have one blurry vision. Oh. It's a little blurry. Oh. Kansas City's vision is coming through strong. It's very strong. But there is a, a blurry blue star that I see. A potential. <laughs> No, nah, I'm playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no Dallas, chance. Oh, no <laughs> way that Lou was going to give Dallas. I mean, it would be great. Skip Bayless would be hilarious the whole time. It would be I, – I would be – if it's not the Patriots, obviously, I'm going to root for the Cowboys. I want people to suffer. I want hatred to be in the air. I enjoy that very much. Um, now let's get into it, Matt. I mean, let's just go for it. I mean, are, are you ready? I couldn't be more ready. Excellent. Because I'm, I'm, I'm so ready. By the way, after Magic's Moneyline Parlay, I'll give you my under-the-weather bet. We'll continue doing those all season long as well. But let's start it. Number five, Maddie. why don't you do the honors? You know, I'll let the losers go first. I, I get you know. losers' honors here? Losers' what? honors. I mean, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Well, as you said, you said, what did you say a second ago? That you like sadness of people to be upset around the world? This is going to make a lot of people upset. Very sick to your stomach right here with this first pick because we're getting back. We're just getting ugly right from the jump. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. We're going to the game that everybody's dying to watch on Sunday, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. Oh, the game, the premier game of the week that everybody can't wait to look forward to. One team with two wins last year, one with four. I mean, who's not ready for these two teams? Forget about that Kansas City-Cleveland game. But look at here. We've got a rookie head coach, rookie NFL head coach, and a rookie quarterback going on the road in their very first game as three-point favorites in the division. In what world? In what world is this happening? And there has been nothing but bad news coming out of the Jaguars camp the entire preseason. That Urban Meyer might not be a fit for the NFL. Maybe he's a little better at college. He wants to be rough and tough and play mind games with these kids and Trevor Lawrence was in a quarterback competition with Gardner Minshew until he wasn't and then Gardner Minshew was traded about three seconds later to get out of there he signs Tim Tebow and cuts him after you know a joke of a game and you know taking up a spot for somebody else I'm gonna take the Houston Texans and Tyrod Taylor getting Mm. three points at home versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in division in, in previous years, week one, divisional home dogs have gone 18-5 and five against the spread. This is the only game in that category that falls into that 
niche this week. That's right. Jacksonville is also getting an insane amount of public action. And this, this just feels to me just fading again, Joe public here with the Trevor Lawrence story and, and just the interest around Jacksonville. Jacksonville getting 60% of the bets, 83% of the money. I, I'm, I'm going the other way on this one. I, I just, I've seen, I feel like we've seen this too many times, you know, the rookie, the inexperience, how awful Jacksonville has looked in all these preseason games. So started off ugly. Give me Houston plus three at home. Maybe the only game they win all year. Breaking mirrors. Ugly. That's how ugly that game is. It will be the corner TV game. You have to watch this game. I mean, you have to watch this game. You have the two worst teams in football, in my opinion, going up against each other. You have to watch that game. I love the start we're on, Maddie. I absolutely love the start. Perfect, ugly, beautiful start to the season. Oxymoron thing to say. Going to reverse it. Okay. Let me go to number five, my number five pick here. Uh, There's a team out here that is getting way, way too many points on Sunday. Um, I know that uh, a lot of teams get hyped up during the offseason. And one of those teams here is a home team. Uh, A lot of people expecting Super Bowl aspirations from them. And I honestly, and I think we both agreed on this. I'm not sure. I I think we did was that we saw regression out of this team. We saw a little bit of regression out of this team. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus six and a half. I think that there is way, way too much disrespect for Pittsburgh. I get it. Ben's arm has fallen off. He's an old man. He had to take a huge pay cut. Uh, I get the TikTok nation that they've got going on there. The whole TJ Watt situation. Well, guess what? All that TJ Watt situation calmed down. He's practicing. He's probably going to play in this game. And again, I think that with this total being under 50 at 48 and a half too, uh, I'm just a believer in unders in the week one scenario. I think that offenses need a little bit of time to get going, which is why I think that Buffalo is not going to score as many points. They might win the game. Sure. I don't think Buffalo is going to score as many points as you think they are. And I think you still have to respect Pittsburgh's defense. The defensive line will get a good pass rush. Uh, It's again, a big sharp play. Look at this. 65% of the bets are on Buffalo. 66% of the money is on Pittsburgh. You have to go that route. It's a sharp play. You got to take Pittsburgh plus six and a half. And to be honest with you, I'll probably sprinkle the money line with Pittsburgh too. Way too much for a playoff team from last year playing week one. Yeah, on the road, but only in Buffalo. I love Pittsburgh this week. Dan, I'll, that's my, I'll, I'll give my number four right now. I'm going to ride with you on that one. That's uh, I thought the same thing. It was just one of those things. Again, this team started out 11 and 0 last year. And I know, I know that whole time, honestly, we were very anti Steelers during that run. Cause we felt like they were overachieving a little bit. And then clearly at the end of the season, after the Reds, after the, the football team lost, pardon me, almost cursing on this show, uh, <laughs> severe, severely downhill after that. But then people saw how they ended the season. And now again, I think it's gone almost too much the other way where Pittsburgh is going to be successful is the beginning part of the season when Big Ben's healthy. I think that season long, they're not going to have great prospects. I think Ben will, you know, probably wear down unless he's still got, you know, enough gas left in the tank. But um, new offensive coordinator this year, Matt Canada, I think is going to make massive, massive changes for them as well. Uh, They ran 63% of their plays out of the shotgun last year. Extremely, extremely predictable, especially with a slow molasses of a quarterback that is Big Ben in his old age. You constantly banged up. So I think them now having a better running game just strictly by the running back himself. I know that the offensive line might be a problem, but better running game with Najee Harris, running more under center, motion, uh, you know, play action pass. I think that's going to open up a lot of things for them. And I think what Pittsburgh's greatest weaknesses that we would say is their offensive line might not come into play that much during this game because Buffalo yeah. doesn't excel at pass rush. It's, it's right. probably their weakest part of their team is, is their defensive line. So I think that, again, struggles might come for Pittsburgh later on in the year, but I think this is a good matchup week one, especially catching the six and a half. Love that number. Again, like you said, I mean, I don't think you're right. I think that's a great point. The offensive line is not going to have to deal with a major pass rush. It's not a strength of Buffalo. You're 100% correct on that. Fading Buffalo, that's what we're going to do. Okay, I know we like to be sharp guys, and I know we like to be wise guys. Number four, I'm being a public play here because sometimes the public can be correct. And I'm not sure how much the public is weighing into this situation, but I'm going to fade a team that just hasn't had a lot of time on the field together with preseason. 
I have to go this way. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to take them on the road in Indianapolis. Uh, right now, the line is two and a half in, in favor of Seattle. Seeing a lot of lines of the Seattle two and a half at minus 120, three point favorites. Uh, just a little stats to back you up here. Uh, Russell Wilson in non conference games since 2018 is seven, four, and one. I love him in the dome. I love the fast track that they're going to be on. Indianapolis right now, Quentin Nelson, not a lot of time on the field. T.Y. Hilton, IR. Carson Wentz, we all know, again, not a lot of time on the field. You know, with Ryan Kelly being injured. I just don't like the succinctity of this offense. I'd much rather trust Russ better. And here's the stat that blew me over. That absolutely had me hammering on all cylinders for this game. Over the last 13 seasons, do you know what the ATS record of the Indianapolis Colts is? Week Probably one. not very good. Week one. Week I know. One. I do know for a fact that Frank Reich has lost his entire – all three of them while coaching in Indianapolis. Yeah. 13 seasons, week one, the Colts ATS – is 1-11-1. In 13 years, they never, ever cover. In week one, I'm taking Seattle. Again, fading the hype team that is Indianapolis. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you that this is there, – there's, there's no way to find reasoning and betting on the Colts in this game. And, and like you said, I mean – you, it feels very, very public when this line opened up at Colts minus two and a half. And we've gone all the way since Carson Wentz's foot, Quentin Nelson's foot, as you said, COVID, all this other stuff. We've swung five points to now Seattle laying the two and a half that they were getting, in, in, you know, as, as far as this was in the offseason. So it might be hard to stomach, but I don't see this game coming out any other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have had no time together preseason practice and and like you said you're just going to take the continuity of seattle with head coach the quarterback one thing that we always worry about with seattle their offensive line they have four of their five offensive linemen returning this year so i think that is a massive as much as the talent isn't top level in the league i mean the continuity there's something to be said for that so that's a great pick i think that's a fantastic pick Improvements on the offensive line, too. By the way, just breaking news as we're on the air, $112 million contract for T.J. Watt. So that shorts up that whole thing. They just there extended him. So Pittsburgh, you like it even more now. Uh, go ahead with number three there, Matty. Number three, we'll stick a little bit on the same here because I feel like this is um, another kind of public play feeling, feeling, you know, again, maybe going against our principles, but just my head tells me maybe a little bit of my heart, too. But there's no way that the New York Giants are going to beat the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Broncos fan here telling you this. But when you have the worst offensive line in the league with a bum of a quarterback going against this defense, which is going to be so significantly improved from last year, regardless of the additions they made, just having everybody that was already on their roster healthy, this defense was going to take a leap. And they've done so much at the cornerback position. Um, to, to add depth there. they I mean, they have so much depth that Patrick Sertan, the number nine, eight overall pick, whatever it was, is probably not even going to be on the field for most of the time. Mm-hmm. And he looked amazing in this preseason. So for me, Denver, um, the first time that we're going to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb playing on the same line together since September of 2019. Two full years since those guys have been on the same line together. Going against the league's worst offensive line, I think they are going to be so fired up to be playing together. Stack them on the same side, set, split them apart, give them a ton of different looks, and make Daniel Jones have to throw to you know with the coverage that's going to be out there. Teddy Bridgewater and the boys are just going to protect the ball. Don't make any stupid turnovers like could have happened last year with Drew Locke. I think if they just protect the ball, run the ball, they'll have no problem getting a couple points on the Giants versus the Giants are going to be happy to get seven points, I think, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I just think that their offense, Barkley's not healthy. Galladay is not healthy. The line is trash. Ingram's hurt. I, I just don't see it. You Broncos know, minus two and a half. Broncos minus two and a half. 
we have an agreement and a disagreement in this scenario here. Uh, the disagreement would be, I am not sick enough to even bet on this game, but I would lean Giants just because I feel like it's a sharp play, but I hate it. I know, that shocked you. I cannot bet on Teddy Bridgewater right now, week one, on the road at the Giants. And the Giants are the sharp play, even though the, the money is split. The Broncos are getting 60% of the bets and the money is split. I just, I have nothing on that game. I just can't decide. I'm not going to be a sicko and take the Giants. I'll tell you that right now. But I just can't trust Denver yet, especially with their September record with Vic Fangio. I just, I'm not even going to go there. But I do have an agreement with you. I do have an agreement that we could be super biased in week one. So let's just hammer it where it is. I told you a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at the week one lines, I love this line because it was the same exact scenario as last year. New England is minus three at home against the Dolphins. You know I'm going to hammer this. They were six-point favorites, six-and-a-half-point favorites last year, week one, same scenario, no fans, worst, worst quarterback, worst defense, I mean, I don't know how you don't take this. I don't know how you don't take this here. It is a public play. There's no question about that. Hype train city. Uh, I wouldn't say hype train city for Miami. I think New England is more hype than Miami is. Miami's that dark horse team. I know it's a divisional game. 66% of the bets on New England, 72% of the money. I don't care. It's the same exact scenario. It might be a public play, but let's ride with the public because it's Bill Belichick at home. And if there's one rookie quarterback I'm going to bet on this week, it's Mac Jones. He's got the infrastructure in place right now to where the whole team around him is helping him out. Yes, the Dolphins like to have different fronts and confuse, but there's so much familiarity with these two teams. I mean, so much. And I think that just that gives the Patriots an advantage. There's so many guys that have come over. Devon Godshaw, Kyle Van Noy, so many others. Ted Karras spent a year down there. I mean, there's so many guys in New England. It's the Brian Flores connection. We know it. Um, I just think New England is better, and I'm not sure if Miami is better, to be honest. And I can't trust Tua yet to be able to figure out a Bill Belichick defense. It's going to be a lot better. I'm going to take the Patriots minus three for my number three. Well, you know my stance this offseason is that I am planting the flag on Mount Tungavailoa and that he <laughs> will rise to the peaks and get out of the valleys that they were in last year. So I will oppose you on this one. We will go ah. head to head, and I will take the Dolphins plus three. Uh, that game last year, I was looking back at how those games went. Uh, so they played week one and week 17. So they played at bookends of the season. Week one, uh, and nearly equal scores on, on uh, as far as going the other way, though. Yep. They uh, Week one was all Cam Newton last year. It was the Patriots taking advantage of Miami having – not the greatest run defense. They obviously they excel at the cornerback position and getting getting some pressure with their edge rushers. But week one last year, it was it was Cam running everything on the ground for 75 yards and two touchdowns. They had 217 yards of total offense. Come week 17, the Dolphins held them to 117 yards of total offense, still with Cam at quarterback. And Tua, you know, Tua didn't start week one, but Tua started in, in week 17. He had one interception, but he was 20 of 26 passing the ball. Not so bad. And again, that was with no Devontae Parker, no Mike Kosicki, no anybody. He had absolutely nobody on that team to throw to. Now, he doesn't have Will Fuller in this first game, which I hate. And I wish that, you know, he had more passing options to, to have. But he's got Jalen Waddell in his first game. He has Devontae Parker back healthy. He's got Mike Kosicki healthy. He's got Gaskin and Brown, the running backs. And I just think that. Mac Jones, the hype around Mac Jones right now is is just super, super, super high. We're, we're treating him again almost like he went number one overall. And I think it's more of the story that he was supposed to go early, then New England gets him late, and now he wins the starting job. So the hype around Mac Jones right now is just, I think, really, 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 really high. So I just, I think I'm going to fade that. And this is another one where we're getting heavy bets and heavy money the majority of each on New England, 66% of the bets, 72% of the money. And I just, I think I'm going to side with the bookmakers on this one. The house is going to be rooting for Miami. And I think I am going to be riding the Dolphins as well in this one, taking the three points. That's too bad that, you know, one of two as receivers and Jalen Waddle said specifically that Mac Jones is better quarterback than Tua when they were at Alabama. Just too bad. I just, what can you do? You know, I feel bad. 
that there's that there's not that team camaraderie. I wish I wish they had what we had. I really do for them. I wish you well, my friend, doing that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> I will say the, the biggest thing that's going to scare me here and where New England's going to win this and you already know I'm going to say will be in the trenches because they have an offensive uh, line and defensive line advantage. So that does worry me quite a bit. Yeah, it'd worry me too. Uh, next, game. <laughs> <laughs> next game here for me at number two. Um, so this line has moved since we took it. Uh, I took it early. I cannot give you the home dog uh, scenario now because it has moved to this team now being a favorite at home. But I still love it. Uh, I'm going to take the Washington football team. I love Ron Rivera in this spot. They are now minus one open the week at plus one nabbed that very quickly. Hopefully you got that there, but it just shows me that where the line is moving. I think this guy, this is a wise guy hammering uh, of a, of a home dog here in the first game in which, you know, the chargers are one of those teams that don't play any of their players and any of their starters in the preseason. And to me, I'm a big believer in fading those teams because I think it's hard to get the game camaraderie going very, very quickly especially against a Washington football team that's got an amazing front seven, an amazing front seven. Secondary will be better. Adam William Jackson in there, so he'll probably cover Keenan Allen. Very excited for the pro version of Rashawn Slater versus Chase Young. Uh, That's going to be awesome because Rashawn got the better of him in college. Uh, So it's going to be really, really fun watching those two go at it again. I just think Washington right now, in terms of quarterback play, are going to be much better. I think this is a Fitzpatrick early in the season. He's usually pretty good. Um, I really like the fact that Curtis Samuel sounds like he is going to play. Um, again, the Chargers have a maybe the injury bug coming at them here. Austin Eckler hasn't practiced all week. It looks like he might play. There's a better than 50% chance that he'll play. Um, I just think the Chargers are going to take too long to get going. And especially on the road coming across the country against this tough defense, I don't think that uh, I don't think that they'll be quite ready enough. And I think Washington surprises us and gets a win in, on uh, on home, at home on Sunday. Fifty-one percent of the bets are on Washington. Sixty-six percent of the money, though, so tickets split with the money heavily favored on Washington. This tells me it's a wise guy play for sure and take the take that minus one. Well, I'm glad we got back on the same page here, Danny, because that <laughs> that, my friend, is my number one play of the week. Because I, I, I like we said, this was a line that we saw very early on that we had a strong feeling that we were going to be on Washington here uh, again, being that they were a home dog, but not not so much anymore. Um, but still, I mean, you're you're getting a point, giving one point. We hope that it doesn't come down to just one extra point. But hey, it is football and crazy things do happen. But for everything that you said, I just think that the Chargers is another team where I think big, big time hype around them. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm elevating Tua in this offseason. I'm, I'm trying to downplay Justin Herbert a little bit this offseason. So uh, another team that I think I'm looking to fade, um, and I, I think to go along with it, you know, everybody's saying Brandon Staley coming in with the defense and it's going to change everything. It's not going to change overnight. You know, it's he runs a very complex and, and – and well-run defense. It's not just picked up in one offseason and ready to go week one. So I think it is going to take some time for, for that to come together and the defense to start, you know, potentially playing at the level that the Rams were last year, even though I don't know if they have the talent that the Rams had to, to run that system as well. Um, but I just think that Fitzmagic being on that team now, it's not the greatest upgrade at quarterback as far as he's not an elite quarterback on the league. But the upgrade from this team, from what they had, is significant because they just had no downfield passing whatsoever last year. And that is something that Fitzmagic is, you know, excels at as far as around the league is his deep ball passing. So um, I I think for the same reasons about the defense and the offensive line for the Chargers are going to need a little bit of time to come together. Um, I will definitely ride Washington here um, in this one. Your number one and my number two. I that one's got to hit. I mean, that one has to hit, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. It just it just feels so it feels so perfect for everybody to be on, you know, the Chargers and this and that, and just drive them up to a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Washington, I think, is going to win this game. I, I really do, and with hard nosed defense. I love the pick. Okay, number one, you stole some of my fire earlier. Because you're 100,000% correct. 
There is no godly reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars should be favored against anybody on the road. I'm sorry, not even Houston. This is so out of whack, crazy sauce for me that I would definitely venture easily in taking Houston money line in this game for all the reasons that you said. Look, regardless of what you think, Jacksonville is running two different offenses right now. They have Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer not running the same offense. All of the offseason hardships that they've gone through, they just traded away Joe Schobert. I know the Texans are trading away pieces too. They traded away Bradley Roby earlier today. But the Texans have a ton of veterans in the secondary, really good players like Justin Reed, Zach Cunningham, really good players on defense. Are they a loaded team? No, they're awful. They're really bad. There's no question about that. I'm not saying that they're good, but there are some things that they have that Jacksonville doesn't. What do they have? They have a really good left tackle, Laramie Tunsil. Jacksonville is one of the worst offensive lines in football. They have veteran running backs, okay? Jacksonville just lost their best running back out of the season. Now, I'm going to, you smile at that. I see you. I see you. I see you. All I want to say is you could say veteran with emphasis when it comes to the running backs for the Texans. You've got all 30 year old running backs on the team. Well, you split their carries. Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsay's a little bit younger, but still 27 years old. I mean, uh, David David Johnson. Johnson, I mean, uh, Mr. No Knees, the Derrick Rose of the NFL. I mean, it's just, it's a tough, yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. Um, I mean, look, they have things, at least in the horse, and then they have Brandon Cooks, 1,000-yard receiver there. At least they have someone to throw to around there. And guess what? They also have a quarterback that started NFL games for many years, played in the playoffs, Tyrod Taylor. Look, he's an experienced guy. There are two two rookie head coaches also going at it. But let me give you a stat. You mentioned the divisional dogs earlier. I'm going to go back to 2013. Since 2013, divisional, home, dogs, sit in week one, 26, nine, and three since 2013. And I'm going to give you one more stat because this is for pride. This isn't just for winning. This is for pride, Maddie. Do you know the last number one overall pick that won his season opener as a starter in week one? I do not. That would be Mr. David Carr, the first ever game in Houston Texans history, 2002, the last number one overall pick. And if you think that that franchise is going to let that record fall to some long-haired Georgia kid, you got another thing coming. With that, I mean, that is, this is the most important game of their schedule right now. Like they don't have, high hopes this season. Like you said, they're trading away pieces. This is their whole plan is they were going to sign. They signed all the veterans that nobody needs right now. But mm-hmm. as soon as one player gets injured on their team, they need. So the Texans are going to be trading these pieces all year long up until the deadline as, as players fall off. But if they got to protect that record, I mean, now they've got something to play for. Well, Eureka. I mean, this is like, yeah, yeah. We we actually found motivation in this season for them. This is your motivation. Protect the legacy of David Carr. That's all you have to play. (laughs) That's what we're watching this game for. That's what I'm watching this game for. Um, An amazing, amazing story. I think Houston wins it outright. Plus three, I'll probably sprinkle again. Money line as well. I think it's like plus 125. Um, Plus 150. Plus 150. Oh, my goodness. Uh, plus 150, so even more. So I, I like the Texans here. Uh, plus three, number one pick of the week. Well, as so we – what do we have? So we had three of the same there, recapping. So we both had Houston, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Yep. We are going head-to-head in the New England and Miami matchup. Um, and then I'm letting my bias show with the Denver Broncos at minus two and a half. And you have, again, that Seattle pick is – I just sit there and I try and figure out how you bet on the Colts in that game. And I can't yeah. figure it out. I will most likely have Seattle on my card as well, because that feels like a blowout to me. Yeah. I, I think Seattle, it, it could just be 35 to like 20, not even like 35 to 14. You can get it two and a half right now. I'm seeing uh, the book that we use at minus two and a half minus 120, which I absolutely hate, but I will, I will probably wait till that gets to minus three or at a minus one ten number. So um, but no, I, I still 
will take it, if, even if it is minus three. Uh, I'll take Seattle, no question. Do you have any leans for the week? I do. I do. So, oh, man, this, this is when I did not have the gall to give out as far as a top five pick because Come I on. just think it would have been a disservice. Come on. Give it we're, out. We're riding the Atlanta Falcons Ooh. minus three at home. Battle the dirty birds here. You got, you got the Atlanta Falcons versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Another team I just I, – I, you're much higher on Jalen Hurts than I am. You have more confidence in him. I, I do not. I just – I don't see him, especially with the receiving core that he has. The offensive line is healthy. The defense I'm actually – starting to come around on is maybe going to be a little bit better. This, the corners position, we got to see how Darius Slay, I think he's, Darius Slay has been on a little bit of a downturn, and I'm wondering, we always talk about those cornerbacks falling off a cliff, and I am a little worried that Slay is, is just falling off the side of Everest this season, but um, they got a little bit you know more depth at the position than they had last year, which isn't saying much because they were the, just the worst depth of that position last year. Um, but I, I just think Atlanta minus three, a team that wants to just, throw the ball a ton granted now Arthur Smith coming in we will see how much they run it but they led the league in pass attempts last year it's where their strengths are with Matt Ryan uh Ridley drafting Kyle Pitts Russell Gage we like you know we like a lot of their their weapons on offense the defense is what the defense is uh it's never been good in Atlanta hasn't been good for for decades now it feels like so but I just think that week one at home take you know just laying that that short home favorite minus three for Atlanta uh, which came down from three and a half. So um, I'm pretty happy to get that three number with them, but definitely didn't, didn't make its way into my top five picks. Sad, sad. The Atlanta Falcons didn't make it, even though I hate them, love the Philadelphia Eagles, but I am not man enough to take the Philadelphia Eagles because I think you're on the right side. I do think that's the right side is Atlanta. I'm not going to take it. I have two here that I'm leaning. You're going to absolutely slap me in the face for doing this. I have to take the Lions plus seven and a half at home against the 49ers. I'm so, to do sick it. Here. I'm so sick of hearing this pick. I'm you so have sick to do of it. it. Why are you sick of it? Because you, it's something you have to do. I'm going to, I mean, first off, underdogs in general in week one are money, money. You're getting seven and a half points to this team coming at home. I get it. Anthony Lynn and Jared Goff. Like that, just those two names scared the absolute daylights out of me but it's prime for a backdoor cover. I mean, I just think it's prime for a backdoor cover in garbage time when San Francisco is just blowing doors. I, I, I think that the Lions come back. I Look, it's week one. Teams' offenses are not ready yet in week one, especially this one that I'm not sure has really – I mean, I think they've obviously decided on the quarterback, but I do think there could be a little bit of – not tension. I just think there's uncertainty. There's uncertainty in San Francisco. I love their defense. I love it. But I also think that Detroit has some things that they do well. And the two things that they do well, they have a pretty good defensive line and they have a pretty good offensive line. And if they can just hang tough for a little bit, be down 13 late in the game, you might squeak a backdoor cover there plus seven and a half. I don't know. J- Jared Goff is 0-3 against Kyle Shanahan. That is while he was on the Los Angeles Rams that had a far better roster than the Detroit mm. Lions. I get that this is maybe a motivational spot for Dan Campbell. This is you know maybe a game – Week one, home game, new coach. He's the kind of guy that's going to get the team fired up. This is another reason we should mention the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, rah-rah, big underdog spot. That's why we love the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can feel the same kind of vibe coming from Dan Campbell, where as a big underdog, which it probably will be in every single game this year, he can maybe get his team up, so especially week one. But I just – I don't think the quarterback play is going to come into – even going to be a factor. They're going to rush for 250 yards on the ground. I mean, I just think that that's what San Francisco does best. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I I do not have the guts to put money on the Detroit Lions. I'm, I'm doing it. We, we want to get ugly. Let's get ugly. We have, we have a plus six and a half with the Steelers. We have a plus what three with the Texans and we have plus seven and a half with the Lions here. I mean, it is, it is very, very ugly, but I'll give you one that looks pretty good. You don't bet against 12. Give me Aaron Rodgers, Packers, minus four in a neutral site. They're yeah. a neutral site. Are you kidding me? Against a worse Saints team, they blew doors off last year in Sunday night football. And in week two on Sunday night football, they blew doors in their stadium. Now they're playing at a neutral site here, Packers and Saints. I mean, I, I just – I don't see how the Packers uh, don't win by a touchdown or more. I'm, see- I'm seeing that now shown at three and a half. Beautiful. Which is crazy to me. Again, I, I just think that – I thought the line would jump 
more as far as factoring in the Superdome and home field advantage. You know, it's always a question of how much how much weight home field advantage is weighing, and it's it's uh, seems to be trending that it's less and less every year um, for home field advantage. But one place where it counts is the Superdome. That's it's one place that you'll hear people who set these lines say that the Superdome holds a lot more weight for home field than other locations do. Uh, you know, Arrowhead holds more weight. Buffalo holds more weight. Um, and so it only went up, I think, a point and a half from where it was. The Saints were uh, plus two and a half uh, when it was still at the Superdome, went up to four. So now we're only factoring in one point for the Superdome. I think that that's crazy to me. Yeah. James's James's first game back in real action. Again, we love James. I'm happy he's back. But he had all of about 36, 35 snaps in preseason that we declared that James Winston's back in like perfectly good. against Jacksonville, by the way. Yeah. I mean, right. And, and so, I mean, good luck when you've got, yes, their best receiver right now is Marquez Callaway. And he's going to be going up against PFF's number one cornerback and Jair Alexander. He's not playing the fifth string guy on Jacksonville. So I think that he is not going to, as much as like, I loved him uh, looking at him for a flex play this week. And then I realized again, just the matchup is not going to be there for him. I think he's going to have a lot more successful weeks coming up um, as a, as a deep flex play for you in your fantasy leagues. But I, I have to agree. I, I think that Rogers and you already said it's just the FU, the FU tour is on for this it's year. It's, it's the last dance. So I think starting off with a massive win in New Orleans, it just, it just look at the quarterback play. We're talking about we're talking about James Winston versus Aaron Rodgers here. Seriously. And and look at the Saints, how desperate they are to get corners. They're trading for everybody. I mean, they right. need it. They, they know they're desperate. And they're not as good on the defensive line either. They're not as no. good on the defensive line. And Cameron not Cameron Jordan's old. Right. Cameron Jordan's the best player. He's old. Losing Sheldon Rankins. I get it. Green Bay's offensive line may not be as good, but I do not see much out of the Saints coming out of here. I think this is at least a touchdown. At least a touchdown. Um, Maddie, it is that time of the year, my friend. We, we have locked in our leans. We've locked in some of our picks. Let's get it. We only got to hit two to, to, to break even this year. Like, come on. That's it. Just, just, yeah, just to be better than last year. Just to be better than last year. That's all we want. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you the magical stylings of Maddie's Magic Moneyline Parlay. So this is going to be a little bit of a mix of some picks that I've already given you but it's the ones that I think have a good chance of going out. Right. We are going to take the beloved Houston Texans. Again, we, this is, this is a team that we just, we think is going to win this game outright. No faith in the Jaguars at all. Not that we have a ton of faith in the Houston Texans, but in this particular game and situation, we do plus plus one fifty to start it off with the other side for me is the Miami dolphins ah. plus one fifty five. So that, that particular money line parlay will get you, a plus 530, between 520 and 530 return, depending on what your book is. But, Dan, we'll go, we'll go the alternate Danny Pigskins line that you're going to love. You take the Texans 150, and you pair that up with the Houston, uh, with sorry, with the Steelers plus love 225. It. That is a plus 700 parlay right there. And he's already locked it in. I could just – he, he just did it just, like, subconsciously. It, no, hard. actually, it's crazy. I locked that in yesterday. I literally I, said to myself, I said, first off, six and a half points with Pittsburgh. That's crazy. They've got to be a huge money line. And then Houston's going to win this game. You know, there it's you go. he's already, he's already reading my mind. And if Dan's picking it, then that's far better than me picking it. So <laughs> that gives me a lot of, a lot of faith. It's already locked in lock, stock and barrel. I think I got it plus like six thirty, So not as much value as you got it, but man, that is I love that. I love Pittsburgh, Houston. I, that's easily locked in. I'm taking them all this year, Matt. I'm taking them all. Let me tell you. I love it. Uh, let me give you an under-the-weather bet really quick. I mentioned uh, Green Bay and New Orleans. That game is down in Jacksonville. And let me just give you the weather for Jacksonville here. 86 degrees, very humid day for, for Sunday. Wind, that's our key. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's not about rain or snow. It's about heat. And wind, that's what we're looking for. The combination of the two, even better. But you're getting humidity because there may be a stray shower or thunderstorm in the area, 86 degrees with 100% with humidity, no doubt about that. And then we're getting 10 to 15 mile an hour winds out there. Remember, this is a dome team and a team from the north in Wisconsin playing down south. I really, really like this under. Right now it's at 49, coming down from 50 as of yesterday. The sharp guys like it too. It's already come down. I would take the under in the Saints 
Green Bay Packers for your under the weather game of the week. All right. Fantastic. Feel good? There, I feel very good. Do we want to touch on just a couple games that I think are some key games this week that we didn't mention in the leans? Um, and one in particular that I'm, I'm watching movement on right now, and I'm just shocked yes. by. No, go ahead, the because Ch- I think the, I know what you're, what you're going to say here. Browns, Browns at Chiefs. This line opened up at six and a half. It was at, or, or sorry, it opened up at six. And I mentioned it to you earlier in the week. I sent you a screenshot. I said, following it on the Action Network app, wow. you can watch the line movement. It popped at six and a half a couple times during the week and immediately got that, what I imagine on the Chiefs side, or, or sorry, on, on the Brown the side, where people side, were yeah. waiting to grab that that hook on that six number, especially with Harrison Bucker being one of the worst extra point kickers in the league. Um, I saw Chiefs five and a half earlier, and now we're all the way down to Chiefs minus five. Wow. When are you going to get to a point, because I'm more borderline getting there, that maybe the Chiefs are going to get added to the card? Because I thought I liked the Browns, and then I just keep reading all these things. The Browns are going to talk about history in week one's. 15 and one against the spread in week ones. Uh, the Browns, the last 16 seasons. Uh, Andy Reid is, I believe, eight and two against the spread um, in, in his week ones uh, with the Chiefs. I That probably is a wrong number, but I know he's only got one or two losses against the spread as the head coach of the Chiefs week one. Treated the same way as Andy Reid off a of bye. One of our favorite narratives that we love to bet every year is Andy, Andy Reid with extra right. time to prepare is always going to be better and it's just it might not be the best matchup for the Chiefs but again I was looking earlier in the week at the Brown side thinking the Chiefs new offensive line going to be a little bit of continuity is going to take some time where do you stand in this game because I'm just I'm throwing in a pretzel right now by seeing this down to minus five and I don't know which side I like I do and I think that having it at plus six I much liked it better a lot but now seeing that I, I wonder where that money is coming from if there was just one giant bet that came in from Cleveland um, one sharp, maybe just hammering this line, but you're going to give me five points. I mean, less than a touchdown at home. Now I, I know we both liked it. We both like Cleveland, but the more you look into it, the more you see that the chiefs historically are just, they are ready to play in September. They don't lose too often. I look, you can remember a lot of guys, even when, uh, when they were playing new England, I mean, remember that opening week one game against new England a couple of years ago. They are always ready to play week one. I don't remember them losing ever in week one the last few years. I mean, they are really, really good in that spot. And again, Cleveland is another hype team that maybe you fade week one, but love the rest of the season. You know what I mean? And and now that it's down to minus five, man, that is, I, I would start to lean on Chiefs. I mean, I can't imagine this gets lower, does it? I mean, I, there's got to be buyback on the Chiefs now. Yeah, I think that we're going to see quick buyback and it's, the time again. By the time this is published, I'm. It could be back to six. This could be a. Okay. This could be a small flash right now on a on a Thursday Thursday afternoon that we're getting some line moves. Some some big uh some big money makers out there might be doing a little bit of positioning and a little right. bit of moving, uh, getting ready for the weekend. You know, there's somebody out there that has a plus six and a half, plus seven number for the Chiefs or the front for the Browns rather, and I was going to buy back at minus five for the for the Chiefs and just middle the crap out of that game. Try, try and get it to four and a half and just have a, a just a solid two-point middle. They are so good at that. I want to talk about one more game and then we'll close it up. Uh, yeah. Baltimore losing Gus Edwards today. Mm. Uh, that's Hugh Mungus and possibly Marcus Peters. That game is off the board for Monday night right now. Last checked, it was four points. Vegas and Baltimore, uh, only a four-point game on the road in Vegas. First time in front of fans for Allegiant Stadium. Part of me started to think I got you got to take Vegas here if you can find the number open. I, I I'm mad I didn't have it earlier. I, I was looking you know thoroughly at Vegas, thinking again just just that first game in Allegiant Stadium, another team that's kind of had a bad preseason in my opinion. You know, being the Ravens, they've just had injuries and and you know they've had their own COVID issues and and things like that. And it just felt like they didn't have the best preseason and, and off season coming into this. Uh, versus, and then Vegas has just been quiet out there. It feels like so. Mm-hmm. I was already having a, a strong lean towards um, Vegas at that plus four number, hoping that it opens up anywhere near there. I think if it's three or three and a half, I'm still I, I, I'm still going to side with Vegas. If we get below three, though, you know, borderline, borderline, got to think. Can Lamar just strap this team on his back and and run for you know 200 yards on his own? This ain't the preseason. There are no more win streaks here. 
Um, I, I do, I do, I do really lean Raiders now. I really do. I think that's a very interesting line. Um, that's it. And that's all for week one. Very good job. Very good show. Let's put our money where our mouth is folks. Get out the Excel spreadsheets. Let's start keeping track of everything we got going. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Like you, like we always say, you can listen on Spotify, Apple pod, Google pod, wherever get your podcast sports country radio on sportscountry.net at 11 AM, 3 PM and 5 PM on Saturdays. And again, at 11 AM. I am on Sunday. That's always a fun one. It's upon us, fellas. Getting ready to get set. Gonna watch Bucks and Cowboys tonight, Maddie. I got the under. I'm that guy. Hate it, but I gotta do it. Love. And I'm the square that I'm the I'm Joe Public that's got the over on the first game of the, the year. So hey, so we got it. This is the head to head right here, actually. So we'll, we'll have to let you know next week. Add this one to our cards. We're head to head here. So, you know, we got to see how this one turns out tonight. We'll let you know how it goes. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, as always, to our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou, Caribou Lou, how many Lou's can you name? Lou who? Lou Paracone. That's his name. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for a week two edition of the Sunday Call. Yeah.